What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And welcome to the Planancial Podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here today with Miss Worldwide. Is that right? Hi. Yes, Miss Worldwide here. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I know you live in New York City. How old are you? What's your job? Income, all that jazz. Yes. Um, I live in New York City, in Manhattan. I am 33 and I work in advertising on the business development side of things. Wonderful. Um, And how much are you making for your income? All in with bonuses, about 150. Great. Okay. Very good. So you're making 150. That's awesome income for New York um, because New York is an expensive city to live in. Um, And I know we were chatting. (laughs) What? I said, no, it is. It's very expensive to live here. It's super expensive. Um, and I know we were talking before we got started that you are single because we were talking about also how difficult dating in New York City is. Yes, also very true. <laughs> okay, so you are a single uh, woman in New York. So let's go over kind of your expenses and everything. So what's going on with your finances? Are there any areas you're struggling with or... I'd say right now, um, thankfully, um, I've had some good financial values instilled in me from, you know, right when I started college and I got my internship in college. Um, So I've been pretty good about saving money since I was a teenager. Um, But I'd say right now, I am spending a lot of money on food and going out because I am single and it's and it's New York. Um, but I also spend a good amount of money on rent. And given that I'm also in grad school, I'm paying for uh, my MBA right now as well. So thankfully, since I have saved up enough money, I'm able to pay it off as I go. And I'm thankfully not in debt right now. I'd say my 
my struggle, thank you. Um, I'd say my struggle is probably um, comparing myself financially on a financial status side to see knowing how much money I make and knowing what my potential is, which is why I, uh, one of the reasons why I went to business school is to kind of get that big jump um, salary wise so that I could start saving a little bit more money again, because now that I'm paying for business school, I am not saving as much out of every paycheck like I used to. So I kind of am looking forward to getting that big jump so that I can save a little bit more for those future milestones that I hope to have in my life. Well, that, that I think that's a really good plan. So let's dive a little bit deeper into it. So what are you paying? So what's your take home coming in about monthly? Do you have an idea? It's about, it's about 10 grand. And then what are you spending on rent? Rent now is closer to 2,700 before, before the last couple of years, I was actually paying anywhere from 3,000 to 3,300 since I was living in a studio by myself. And since my brother just moved here, we just found a two bedroom, two bath triplex. So now our rent is obviously um, significantly cheaper, or at least it's cheaper for me now. So now I'm paying closer to about $2,700. Oh, that's great. So you're saving money on rent. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. And then what do you have any other big expenses? I know you have, so you have your MBA program, so you're paying for that out of pocket? Yeah. So I pay, so there's, uh, the program is six segments over 15 months. And I was actually able to negotiate. So typically their payment schedule is um, only like two or three chunks of the entire tuition, which is roughly, the base is roughly $120,000. And then you add in about 10 to 15 grand for all the other additional expenses, like traveling to the locations and lodging and things like that. So if I just round that up, let's just say it's 150000 I was actually able to talk to um, the school's uh, administrative team and um, ask them for multiple payments. So it, it made sense for me because that way I don't have to give up like 50 grand at a time. I can do 15 or 20 grand at a time. But also knowing that I'm traveling so much, I am a big points and miles geek um, or trying to be a connoisseur of it. (laughs) So what I started doing more of, which I, I mean, I did a little bit of it already, but I started doing a lot more of because I'm in a unique situation right now with such big expenses for the next, you know, 15 months, roughly was I started looking at a lot of credit cards that had, uh, minimum spend to earn significant, significantly big bonuses on points or miles that I could later redeem for free flights. So I know I'm going to spend this money anyways on tuition. So why not make, and thankfully I can actually pay my tuition with credit card, which is what I should have prefaced is okay, yeah. I'm all, regardless of what I'm earning, I'm already earning points on these large expenses. So that's great. Cause I can't pay rent on a uh, credit card. Um, most, if any building allows you to do it, it actually, you pay like a two or 3% fee on top of it. So it's not really worth it. But so that's how I've tried to kind of, in some ways save money if that makes sense is like how do I just spend my money smarter so yeah, that makes sense by you know getting yeah if you're gonna have right. those bills you might as well get something for it rather than taking it right out of the bank right use it on the credit and card you just and pay it off. yeah and you just have to be a little careful because then you can't apply for you like have to just be careful of how many credit cards you apply for yeah. and things like that 
But and you want to be careful like, that you pay them off and don't get the interest. Exactly. And so what I have done is since I store, uh, since I uh, put most of my money away in longer term, um, longer term financial um, uh, assets, um, what I've done is I worked with my financial advisor to say like, okay, I'm going to need to take out, let's just say 30 grand because I know I'm going to have to pay off a couple of credit cards on which I charge tuition. So I'll, I'll only, I'll only, uh, withdraw that money once I know I'm about to make a payment. So, um, and I don't incur any fees for withdrawing money early or anything like that. So those are like some tactics I've tried to, no, I you think, know, I think that if you're careful, it's a good strategy. You just have to be careful. So you're, so right. you're not taking your MBA out of your, your monthly budget. It comes out of your investments. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. So for your, so for your monthly spend, the 10,000 net, is that after your 401, do you do a 401k? That's yes. I, so, so I'm still um, contributing the max to my 401k that my company will match which I believe is still 6%. So I put 6% away. That's after um, my, I also contribute to my FSA. So I have a little bit going towards that. And my company matches a little bit of that contribution as well. So anything that I know I'm getting, I guess, in some quote unquote free money, um, I try to do that. (laughs) So, you know, I'm a cum, I don't, I don't really get sick that often or anything. So my FSA is definitely accumulating, but I know that it rolls over year over year. So unlike an HSA, which would um, deplete itself at the end of the year, at least I can carry that over. Um, or did I just mix that up? You, I think you mixed it up. I was I, just going to check. Up. I have the one that rolls over. <laughs> so you have an HSA. Yes, yes. HSAs yes. will roll over. FSA is like use it or lose it. Yes, right. So my bad. So I have the oh, HSA. You're close. So you're close. <laughs> Very close, just off by a letter. Um, so I carry that over. So that's at least good. So regardless of, so if I, and I just plan for my medical um, items to come out of that. So I just, you know, plan for that instead of using my credit card. Um, but yeah, and and so the 10K is roughly net of all the contributions and taxes and everything. Perfect. Okay, great. Um, so then you have rent and do you have any other big expenses? So it sounds like you have no debt. Is that so? Yes, that's correct. I have no debt. Thankfully. You pay, uh, you pay I, everything off. Okay. I paid everything off. Yes. I, I've tried to, um, I, I've always planned. This is actually one of the pieces of advice I got when I was really young from my financial advisor, which was, um, li- live within your means, but also save enough money so that if you lose your job you have six months of six months of living ahead of you mm-hmm. and so I kind of always live like where I'm not trying to sacrifice the things that I like to do on a day-to-day basis so um if it's things like yeah getting those credit card points and stuff so I can go on more trips but kind of for free I try to be smart about things like that so that I can enjoy my life when I want to have nicer meals or I want to take impromptu trips or things like that, I can afford to do so. And I can afford to live the lifestyle that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that I save enough of my paycheck so that if anything were to happen or I have an unexpected expense that I don't have to go and take a loan out or put it, um, put it on a credit card and not pay it. 
Right, right. So let's talk a little bit about that. So let's go over. So it sounds like you've always been pretty diligent about putting money away. So, how, so you do you have a separate emergency fund where you keep that six months of money? No, I actually just have my checking and savings account. So um, my checking account has the money that I need to pay off my credit cards. And unfortunately, I don't have like a savings account that really earns much interest. I think I make like five bucks a year. That's okay. Most interest. of them don't pay very much at all, <laughs> especially right now. Right. So I, I put away everything else in my savings account. So that's where, it, plus my paychecks are deposited there as well. But I basically just keep um, the slush fund of sorts in my savings account, and I never really touch it unless I have to. So my checking account is really my idea of everything that's going to – I charge – I pretty much charge everything. So everything – and it's on auto pay, so everything gets deducted from my checking account. And I check that every month so I know where I stand. But – that's kind of how I separate the funds. No, that's good. It's always good to keep, I think, the emergency fund. I Some people need to have it out of sight totally, like at a totally different bank. But as long as it's separate and not in your checking account, that works. Right. And you have six months worth of rent in there or what amount do you keep there? Yeah. So I, the way I look at it is what does it cost for, for me to, to live? live? Yeah, yeah. That's a better way to do it. Because I was just looking at your expenses. So your main expense that you have because you don't have any debt is really your rent payment and then food, right? Right. Which is almost, I mean, it's a good, it's a good amount when I think about it, right? Like I'd say with outside of rent, um, given just extra random extracurriculars, food, drinks, um, just, you know, all of those things, maybe close to like another two grand sometimes a month. And, and groceries and shopping and all of that stuff. I'm just kind of lumping all that together. So let's just say somewhere around um, between rent and all of that other stuff, like about 5000 a month. But if you lost your job, you probably, you could get by probably with like 4000 Way less. Way right? less, I, yeah. I probably wouldn't be shopping at yeah, all. Yeah, you wouldn't be shopping. <laughs> so I know where I'd cut back and I, I, would, I would cut back on a lot of the nice-to-haves. Yeah. Right. So but I would obviously still have. have to pay rent, yeah. but then maybe I wouldn't go out to as many nicer dinners as I do right now. So there's ways to cut it back, but not to a point where I have to eat, like, let's just say ramen for, well, yeah, for you, have, you for, have money, you have money saved up. Right. So how much do you have in your savings right now? Right now? Um, I have, I believe I have about 10 grand, Okay. okay about so 10 grand. Yeah, so I'd say right now, just because I'm in the unique situation of also paying for school. school, it's a little different on exactly keeping six months. But even with 10 grand, um, that's easily just covers rent for a few months. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at that point, I'd also, if I did lose my job, you know, then I would also collect unemployment. So that would help subsidize some of the yep. costs and things. So absolutely. there's a few other alternatives that if, you are there there's some benefits for unemployed folks so i try to leverage those before i had to truly tap into yeah and you could also the get fund. maybe get severance hopefully you don't it doesn't happen i mean i hope it doesn't happen but yeah you're right that's actually another big thing that i just i didn't mention is one is severance which should actually cover you and i've been at my current company 
um, coming up, I'm going to be coming up on nine years. So if by any chance anything were to happen, I'd probably get at least like a year severance or something of that nature. Yeah. And then how are you doing with overall savings? So like retirement savings, non-retirement, all of that. Cause I know you said you're paying for school from that. So good. I mean, before I started school, um, I, I believe, um, I had told my financial advisor, I was thinking about retiring at 55. And so our investment, like the investment strategy was geared towards, um, me being able to retire then. Um, now that I've taken out a good chart, you know, I'll be essentially taking out 150 grand, um, all said and done in the next, in these 15 months coming up, I'll probably have to, you know, hopefully my new job and the the pay increase and things, it will, it'll get me back on track in a a bit, but I'm not too concerned about it because it was only a 15 months that I had to take a break from having all that money saved up. Yeah. It sounds like you getting to a place and make enough money where I can put it back. So it sounds like it was a strategic move. So like you said, if you go to, if you go get your MBA, then you're going to have a high, higher earning potential. So it makes sense to spend the money, take the time. You're still working while you do it, right? You're going to spend the 150 because the return on that 150 with higher income will be worthwhile for you. Right. Right. Very good. Um, so how much did you have saved pre going to school? Oh, pre saved. I, I would actually have to go check my statement, but I believe it was 300,000. Oh, it's fantastic. I believe so. It was, it was roughly Around that, there. if I remember. Yeah, in and that, was in that, that range. retirement or non It was all, was that all non retirement? It was, it's all combined. So, um, I'd say like there, I go through highs and lows of being on top of my investments. So I try to have a meeting once or twice a year to look at my investments. And I'd say, unfortunately, I've been kind of bad at it in the last year or two, just with, you know, moving to New York and then starting school and things like that. Um, But I also see the statements and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm happy with this. <laughs> but, it, you know, I, I'd say like that's one of my weaknesses is like I, I do want to not just hand my money off and I do want to be, I do want to know where my money is going and how it's being invested and I want to be part of the decision of how it's invested so that I can be um, more of a risk taker or more risk averse, depending on where I am in life. So I do want to get back to that. And hopefully as school kind of starts winding down and graduate, I can kind of get back in there. But I think that's really important is, you know, our whole family is very conscious of saving money and planning for the future. And as my sister's married to a financial advisor, like it's, it's been instilled in us for a really long time. And even my youngest brother, who's like nine years younger than me, like, you know, invests his own money. He uses all these like new apps that are in the app store to invest money and trade stocks. And I, sometimes I think he's more, you know, financially savvy than I am. Um, cause I haven't traded stocks in, in a really long time, <laughs> but it, it, there's so many tools for you to be able to learn, um, about maximizing your dollars and, and, and they're all 
pretty much a, a lot of them are free and at your fingertips and or you learn from things like this by hearing other people's stories on podcasts or reading articles and there's a wealth of information out there yeah there's absolutely more out there than there used to be but so that's been so that's probably been super helpful that your sister is married to a personal finance person yes <laughs> and you, were your parents really good with money too i would say they're very conservative with money so if anything, they saved, they saved like every, everything. And it wasn't, you know, like they had to by any means, but that's just how they were raised to put away all their money and enjoy it later. And so that's how I grew up. And so for me, it was actually really hard for me to spend, spend money. money. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would always find, I would, I'd be very frugal. Um, and it's still hard. I still have the frugalness in me, which obviously helps when I'm in situations like being in school and things like that. But it came to a point where I wasn't enjoying the money that I was working so hard for. And I would say like, interesting enough, that's been the hardest thing for me to get over is to be able to enjoy the money that I'm making by doing all the hard work that I am doing. And that's not something I was raised with. So that's, always a struggle for me to enjoy my money, but also still at the same time, be smart and not live paycheck to paycheck. Cause that's just something that is one of my driving goals is I don't, hopefully I don't have to be in that situation and I can afford to save up money for a house and, you know, hopefully have a car and things like that. Once I move out of New York one day, <laughs> one day, yeah. one day, there's definitely the statistics that show the majority of, I think it's somewhere between 70 and 80% of Americans live um, paycheck to paycheck, which is, is pretty incredible. But I, and it's, I think a lot of the, it seems like a lot of the habits are formed when you're young from what you see mm -hmm. with your, with your family or those around you. Right. Um, mm -hmm. It can be hard if you're really used to putting everything away to like learn how to say, okay, I don't have to save every dollar after right. I pay my bills and learning how to enjoy it. Cause that's the reason you've worked hard for it. Yeah. And New Yorkers, I will say, um, it, you, you get such a bit broad mix of people here. I've met people who spend, I look at their spending habits and, you know, you can't judge because you don't know what's going on in their yeah. lives, but from 100%. an optics perspective, the people that spend all their money on food and drinks, but then don't have any money to do anything else besides it. And they are skimping on, um, a, a much, a significantly cheaper place to live, which isn't as nice. And their, their rationale is, well, I'm going to be at a restaurant or bar or work for majority of the day. So why do I need to live in a nice place? And so it's very interesting to see mentalities like that. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the everyone... opposite where people just spend like, like there is no tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't know if they, if they are, they actually have that money to spend or if they're in debt or if they secretly are, you know, eating dollar pizza yeah. Um, on the weekends because they're living their best life Monday through Friday. You don't, you don't know. That's and so it's really, hard to judge. And no one talks about it. So you never know. And that's the whole reason I do the podcast is you really never know you. It's really hard to judge a book by its 
cover when you don't know what's inside of it and you don't know how the person grew up or if they, you know, had to, they had to pay for college and they didn't know what they were doing so they got no advice, you know, no one in their family had gone. So now they have all this debt they are dealing with and they're starting off. I mean, there's so many different scenarios. It's unbelievable. And a lot of, also besides the different situations you come from, a lot of it has to do with like, how are you raised and what did you learn? Because they don't teach mm-hmm. you any of this in school. So it is, it is really interesting because I think it's really easy to get caught up in, well, they're doing it. I can do it too, but you don't know. Yeah. That's what you we're, don't. We're, yeah. We're trying to turn that around so you can hear what people are making, what they're saving and, but everyone's so different. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you just have to make, figure out how, what's your, your ideal situation. What, how, what's going to make you happy right? You need to figure out like, okay, this is, I know how much money I'm making. Um, this, these are the things I like to do. How do I make it work? And you'll find that healthy balance. Um, and everyone's different. Everyone has different ideas of how to save money or spend money. And I, I have my ways and other people are raised differently. I mean, my sister, myself, my brother, we actually all have fairly different spending habits, even though we all grew up in the same household. Yeah. That happens too. My sister and I grew up in the household and she, same, obviously same household, just one year apart. And she has very different habits. Although I would say that as we've gotten older, she's become more similar. I don't know, which is interesting. Yeah. My brother is nine years younger than me and he has a different idea of, of money. We, so thankfully, um, all the siblings, and I did not have did not have to take loans out for uh, for college, and so that's one great thing that our parents were able to provide for us. And we thankfully did not have to get loans up for the next ten years. Yeah, so we're that's lucky fantastic. In that sense. And so once we all got our first jobs, right? Once we all got our first jobs, we actually were able to start saving immediately because that was our paycheck. We knew how much rent and food and all that stuff would cost and other, the remainder could go into a savings account or an investment account or something of that nature. Um, And so we've been lucky in that sense. Um, But yeah, my brother is also in grad school, just like I am. And it's interesting to see how his spending habits work because he just moved to New York and he's obviously making less money than I am, but he also is, almost going on 25. So naturally that pay grade is going to be different, Different, but he has to pay the same rent as I do because we're sharing a two bedroom. So, you know, he's like, Oh, okay. I have to pay almost 2,700 and that, Oh, by the way, that doesn't include utilities or groceries or any of that. Yeah. And he has less money coming in. Right. Right. And he's paying for school. Um, but he he's also working really hard to try to get scholarships and and things like that. So that's kind of helping him. But he's in a very different financial situation than I am. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think it's a really impressive that you negotiated a better you negotiated a better payment plan for you for your um, situation because I think that people forget that college and MBAs are a business and you can go in and negotiate. Yeah. Yeah, it happens all the time. Like I've had people go in and ask for scholarships and get scholarships and get different payment plans than they advertise. So it's all about going in. Yeah, asking nicely, but knowing that there is room for them to usually work with you. Right. And if there's not, you're better off trying than never asking. 
Yeah, you won't know if you don't try. I think that's probably a motto that applies to everything, everything. not just yeah. finances. But <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So just curious, so what's your next savings goal once you get done with paying for, for school? I'd say my next big goal uh, would be I want to have an investment property or if I was in a place in my personal life where I was uh, I was getting engaged or married, then I'd look for a, a place together so that uh, we could both afford a, a nice place to live. But I'd say if not, I would likely want to have an investment property in a city that maybe I might not live in or I would live in. That's something I'm still kind of toying the toying with. But is the reason why because buying something in New York is so expensive that doing it with somebody else would make it more manageable for the down payment? So I don't. I don't know if I would live in the like I grew up in Southern California. Okay. So. I don't know if I would necessarily want to move back to Southern California, but investment property, like in New York, I, I personally don't imagine myself raising kids in the city. So if I had an investment property here, if I was able to kind of almost have some sort of timeshare where I can use it whenever I want and I Airbnb it out the rest of the time. So I get some tax deductions, but then I also get to make pay get rent from someone so I can pay the mortgage on it. Something okay. to that effect. So, yeah. Uh, but I mean, look, I mean, as you get older, there's less and less tax deductions for you, and and it's also as you start making more money, you're in a higher tax bracket, so you get even less, you know, options for deductions. Like at some point, you can only make so many donations to charity to get that extra, you know, deduction on your, uh, on your taxes. And I don't really qualify for anything. I don't have children, so I can't use them as dependents. Yeah. Like they're right. So like you, you damned if you do damned if you don't sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, as a single woman who makes, um, a decent amount of money and doesn't have anything else, I, I would have to find other ways where I can, I, I can save money or not pay as much in taxes. So I just have to kind of look at those routes. I, I haven't truly vetted the the next big milestone from a financial standpoint, but I've been it's, in, it's been in the back of my mind to get a place. And if I don't live, even if I live in New York or I don't live here, I think it'd be nice to have a nice apartment here. Probably, I don't know if I could afford a brownstone here, but it would be nice to have a nice one or two bedroom apartment here. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a, that would be a big milestone and a big financial goal to work towards. Yes, right. Hey, but maybe when you graduate and you get your new job. I'm going to make so much money. <laughs> I can just put all cash down. I'll, I'll make an all cash offer. <laughs> And you might see me on Million Dollar Listing New York. Yeah, I was just like, you might be on one of those Bravo TV shows if that happens. <laughs> but that's that's my other next big milestone that I want in my life. <laughs> you could be on a Bravo TV show. Oh my God, I love Andy Cohen. Yes, of course. <laughs> Who doesn't love Andy Cohen? Oh, someone that doesn't have a heart. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, cool. This was awesome. It was really interesting to hear your whole story. Is there any, like... Any questions for me? It sounds like you have it pretty organized and and well put together, your plan. Oh, well, one, thank you for having me. And thank you for 
everyone listening to the story. Um, I, I think I, I just am always like, I think I mentioned it earlier, just constantly judging myself or comparing my, my financial situation to everyone else. And you, I just am constantly questioning myself if, if I'm really in the right uh, financial state in my life, given my situation. And so I think I, I know I'm good, but I can't help but be cautious of everything that I spend and stuff. And so I, you know, I think it's a learning, it's just a process to kind of get to that place where you're just comfortable and you know that you're doing the best you can. Um, but hopefully I'll, I'll be reaching out to you when I'm done with school and I want to really, you know, plan the next financial set of milestones for myself. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I definitely think you're on the right track. And the important thing I think to remember is that it's, you can't really, and you shouldn't really benchmark yourself against other people because it's all about your own goals. So if one of your goals, even if you pushed it out, or maybe you, depending on what your new job is after you graduate with your MBA is to retire by 55, it's all a matter of whether you're on track to meet your milestones, right? right? So to know like, okay, so for me to get to an early retirement and make that realistic for my budget, you know, I'm going to be more thrifty and save more, which means I might say no to some things and other people might look like they're spending more money and they're in a better spot. But I know that I'm like, you know, 18 years out from an early retirement or whatever it is, or the apartment or, but it's hard not, I mean, I think everyone compares to other people always, right? With like all situations with whether like, I mean, I know when I'm like running a road race, I'm like, how is that person running faster? (laughs) (laughs) You're comparing yourself to people all the time, especially in this day and age that we live in. Absolutely. Where everything is optics and we're so visually stimulated. Yeah, everyone's putting like their uh, best life on social media and you're like, how do they do that? Yeah, right. And especially when you see other people, you know, moving to nicer places or uh, going on these trips and seeing what they're doing, it either either makes you question yourself or it can make you work harder. And I think if anything, you should do the latter and just work harder and live, try to try to meet your own goals as opposed to trying to meet the goals of someone else. Because like we both said, you don't know, you can't judge a book by its cover. You don't know how they're affording that lifestyle. Yeah. Or if they are, they might be, they might not be. Exactly. Exactly. They really might not be. Well, very cool. Well, best of luck with school. And thank you for coming on the show, Miss Worldwide. (laughs) Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, And for those of you who would like to learn more about financial planning, we're offering two classes, um, Financial Rockstar, and we're coming out with a new one on how to tackle your student loans, which can be found at www.planancial.com. And those are with SUNY Ulster. And thanks for listening. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.